Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is man, he is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the minibar. Smarties and the Kit Kats thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, <laughs> it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show's Best of the Year. In this case, Best of 2023. And as you can see, I'm here in the beautiful South Florida studio enjoying the holidays, bringing in the new year. Darren Moose Dupont is by the Christmas tree, keeping warm in Toronto, Ontario. Quite a year for both of us, maybe. Moose, if we end up bored over the next couple of days, we'll tell our personal stories over this year. But we're here to talk sports. That's what we do on the RP Show. Last hour was awesome. We did our top five NHL stories of the year, plus interviews with Ted Nolan and Ryan Huska. We've got special interviews coming up this hour, too. But we're doing our top five CFL stories of the year. And to be honest with you, I, I kind of know why this is, that it was hardly touched at all. Because my NHL top five changed. My NFL story, which we'll do tomorrow, was all over the place. But the CFL was actually pretty easy. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. I'm going to leave the honorable mention to the end because it was an actual tweak there. I had it as my number three. I moved it because something else came in. Our fifth overall story... I had written down initially Cody Fajardo's fallout in Saskatchewan, but then my mind reminded me, we actually put that in our best of last year in our top stories of the year, uh, Cody's fallout in Saskatchewan, which kind of tells me it's over. When CFL free agency opened on Valentine's Day in February, Cody signed with Montreal. And if you remember, he drops all his big news right here. Cody Fajardo. He came on this show and said six teams expressed interest in him. And to be honest, some people scoffed. Cody might have seen that on his social media. I don't know. But one of those was obviously the Montreal Alouettes who gave him the best opportunity. He signed a two-year contract and went on to win a great cup. Cody Fajardo signing in Montreal was my number five story. What do you remember about that? Yeah, I remember being shocked because I, again, I've said this a few times. Um, I didn't think that Cody and Jason Moss when they were offensive coordinator and starting quarterback in Saskatchewan, I didn't think they were on the same page. I didn't think they were a fit for each other. I didn't think they worked together. And here we realize that Jason Moss gets hired as the head coach and signs Cody Fajardo right away. You know, Danny Machocha is the GM. I'm like, wait a second. What I was looking at and reading into with body language and stuff, not the case. There was more, to, more going on in Saskatchewan than those two not getting along. And obviously, we saw what happened. Well, to be honest, when you said that you thought they didn't get along, I was hoping you didn't fall for the narrative that was out there that they didn't get along because I felt like somebody put that out there. But no, you clarified at the time, and you just did. It was from the body language on the sidelines and so forth. But as, you know, as I often say, as a guy that's been in sports my whole life, do you not have spats with your family? Do you not have spats with your friends? Spats are going to happen on the sidelines, too. Right. But, uh, yep. you know, fans just don't expect that that's going to happen. So number five, Cody Fajardo signing in Montreal. Number four, Nathan Rourke, the CFL's most outstanding Canadian from 2022, signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, touching off. I don't know how or ending. I don't know how long the tour was that he had of NFL teams, but it ended in Jacksonville. And now as we followed his rookie season this year in Jacksonville, I'd kind of think that he doesn't regret it, but he hasn't played. He hasn't taken a snap in Jacksonville. He was replaced in BC, lickety split by Vernon Adams Jr., who led them to a, first, a second place finish and home field in the playoff game. They just can't seem to get by Winnipeg. But Nathan Rourke to Jacksonville. What do you remember about that story? Yeah, a great story and, and, a, and a big year for Nathan Rourke. You know, he's been called up to the active roster and signed to the 53 man roster, I believe on two or three occasions, 
subsequently put down on the practice roster and hasn't had the chance to play. It was a little touch and go when Trevor Lawrence was dealing with an ankle injury, but we all remember the preseason and spinning out of that uh, sure sack in the preseason and turning it into a touchdown. It caught the entire National Football League by storm. He had a almost pretty much flawless preseason and then never got the chance to play. But you know what? As so many quarterbacks have gone down, quarterback depth is at an all-time high in terms of need. I think he set himself up to stay in the National Football League, and it's just a matter of time before he gets his chance. Nathan Wark to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the number four story. The number three story, I changed it from what it was that's coming up, uh, will be our honorable mention. It, what it is, is the Edmonton Elks setting a North American pro sports record for longest home losing streak, 22 games, and eventually snapping it. They did it in August when they beat the Ottawa Red Blacks at Commonwealth Stadium 30-20. to 20. I don't really remember where I was, but I know that I was in Canada. I want to say I was watching it at Century Downs in Calgary where we spent the summer. Um, what a story. I talked to Chris Jones just last week. The contents of that conversation will remain between us other than to say it's been a stressful two years. Let me tell you, in Edmonton, for a variety of reasons, he had a massive mess to clean up he inherited that home losing streak darren it didn't all start on his watch um that was quite a story it's our number three story in the cfl quite a story i remember back in the summer um i believe did did i host one episode of the rp show and rash madani came on and called taylor cornelius a dark horse for mop in the canadian football league the elk starting quarterback and I think we all were, you know, had high hopes. He's very athletic, um, had taken a step forward a little bit last year and thought this would continue. Well, it went right off a cliff, right off the hop, and it never got better till they turned to Trey Ford at quarterback during the year. Um, it, was, it became one of the more exciting stories, the Elks, as they snapped that streak and started putting a few wins together late in the year. We thought, could this team sneak into a playoff spot and go on a crazy run? Well, that never happened. But I think we're excited to see what kind of Elks team hits the field in 2024. Well, yeah, I, I would like to think that their tough days are behind them, but you never really know in pro sports. And there's a lot of rumors coming out of Edmonton that the longtime community-owned team is going to end up being privately owned by 2025. Their color commentator, Dave Campbell, came on this show and said that. So Edmonton, very interesting to watch, what is for sure. But there's a lot of unknowns there. What we know is it's sad what's happened because I am of the era of going to games in Edmonton, whether as a fan or broadcasting them, 35,000, 40,000 plus in Commonwealth, not unheard of. And now to say that they even had 20,000 for games is an outright fib. Number two story in the Canadian Football League in 2023 was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders firing head coach Craig Dickinson. For a lot of reasons, that's the number two story and the second highest story in the CFL because it's the only job that was open this offseason in the Canadian Football League. Eight coaches kept their jobs. The ninth, Craig Dickinson did not. So I don't think he would argue at being number two. He's a friend of both of ours. He will be on this program in 2024. I don't have many doubts of that. He leaves uh, with a, uh, like a, shine that up, that plaque. 2019 Coach of the Year in the Western Conference. Um, led them to a 13-5 and record, I believe, which was a fran tied a franchise record. Craig Dickinson had a lot to be proud of. Wasn't enough to keep his job. Your thoughts on the number two story in the CFL this year? Yeah, it wasn't enough. Unfortunately, dropping those seven games of the year, the final seven games the last two years, and being on the outside looking in eventually was the end of it. But he does have a lot to be proud of. There was some good years in Saskatchewan where they got really close. Um, you know, you go back to the goalpost, the doink for Cody against Winnipeg, where they were that close to maybe getting into the Grey Cup. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge story. You're right, it was the only coach opening, so every name under the sun was put out in terms of possible coaching replacements from Milanovic to Henry Burris as a possible coach, Buck Pearson, eventually Corey Mace getting the job. Um, I mean, I maybe would couple it with the shuffling that happened in Hamilton, um, but that really wasn't an opening and a job search. They knew what they were going to do. Appoint Scott Milanovic, move Orlando Steinauer to director of football ops and bring in Ed Hervey as the, as the GM. 
So, yeah, I think that, that whole situation in Saskatchewan, worthy of the number two story. The number one story is not a surprise to anybody. People guessed it when we teased it prior to Christmas when we were doing the live show, and that is the Grey Cup. The, what, the 110th Grey Cup in Hamilton. And, and to be honest, it was a hell of a game. I've said it for years. People will remember that I, and maybe they don't, I was the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for 20 years. I know the league pretty well. Started covering the league in 1991. They always shine at Grey Cup time. But, and, uh, but something echoed in my head here was the Friday before that Grey Cup, I said to Jeff Reinbold, the ageless Hamilton Tiger Cats special teams coordinator on this show, I said, the favorite usually wins the Grey Cup. The favorite usually wins. And I don't remember what the point spread was. I could go back and look it up in my notes. But it doesn't matter. Winnipeg was favored. Do you offhand remember? Do I need to go back and look I, what the what It was the higher than was I thought it would be. You should look it up. But I, I think it was like almost eight points. I think it was six or eight points. I really do. Might even have been a size I thought it was nine. six. Yeah. Uh, 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 You're probably uh, uh, right uh, if you yeah, have I'll it down there. It, it, uh, either way, Montreal, here's the thing. We know football. We've watched it a long time. You played it. Um, Montreal shot themselves in the foot a lot in that first half. They should have been going into the locker room with, if I can remember, like a 17-7 to lead or 17-10 lead. But they, did, they didn't. They went into the locker room trailing, I think, 14-10 because of blown opportunities. So I don't know what Jason Moss said at halftime of the Grey Cup, Montreal's head coach in Hamilton, but it worked because they came out and were a different team. But that last drive that led Montreal down the field, it was like 78 yards, I think, for Montreal. Cody Fajardo throwing the game-winning touchdown to uh, Tyson Philpott. That's stuff of legends, man. And I still don't really have my mind wrapped around it. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it other than it was a hell of an ending hell of a story and it relates to our fifth point cody fajardo uh signing in montreal leads them to a great cup what a story it was an unbelievable game it's going to go down as one of the best great cups of all time i don't know if it's at the top of that list but it's on the list <laughs> um and for some people it, it's the most entertaining great cup we've seen in a while the stories and you know, you talk about what did Jason Moss say at halftime? Well, everybody was talking about the speech that Cody gave the night before and how emphatic and motivating that was and, and emotional. And then you're right, the big play uh, on third down to convert to keep the drive alive. And how about in a Grey Cup in Canada's league, uh, your star quarterback throwing a touchdown pass in the final moments to a Canadian receiver who played in Canadian college football, the Calgary Dinos. That's a pretty cool way to cap it off. Tyson Philpott winning most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup. And uh, you're right, stuff of legends. And that was uh, a legendary moment for Cody Fajardo and the Montreal Alouettes. I don't actually have the point spread here, but let's go with, let's go with six points. Between the two of us, we figured it out. So... My point was when I said to Reinbold, the favored team usually wins. That may or may not be the case. It wasn't this year, and I'm just so happy for Montreal. And Cody Fajardo's interview uh, after that championship will be as part of our best of interviews this week. But you were at Grey Cup, and you've been to various festivals before, not the least of which was the 109th in Saskatchewan now two seasons ago. But what was your takeaway from Hamilton? I did a great job. I... The Grey Cup is always so much fun, and Hamilton is just a, you know, it's a, it's a big city, but it's a small-town football community. They just love football, and they've loved it for decades and decades, and the, the street festival they put on, we did hits from down there to the team parties at the convention center to the CFL events and fundraisers. Um, you mentioned the league always shines at Grey Cup, and, and this was no exception. It was a great job. How long do we have, Clark, before we break? About a minute, he says, my honorable mention, which was point three, I bumped it for Edmonton's home losing streak, was touchdown Atlantic slash touchdown Pacific. 
They packed the stadium in Wolfville, Nova Scotia to watch the Argos beat the Riders this past July. And now this summer, Labor Day weekend, it's going to be touchdown Pacific for the first time ever. The BC Lions against the Ottawa Red Blacks. I don't know where I'm going to be Labor Day weekend, but I certainly hope it's touchdown Pacific. We had Neil McAvoy on, the co-GM of the Lions, to talk about it. Kudos and bravo to the CFL for trying something new. Yeah, great job. I mean, touchdown Atlantic has been a lot of fun. And we hope that there's going to be a team out there. We've talked about a 10th team ad nauseum. You know, Randy Ambrosi saying they're going to make one big push, one final big push to see if they can make something happen there. But I like that they're shifting this. And for the BC Lions, in a year they're hosting the Grey Cup, to get the entire province involved, I think training camp in Kamloops, you know, touchdown Pacific at Labor Day to have that out in Victoria and then play the Grey Cup at home. I think it's going to be an exciting year for football fans on the West Coast. No doubt. Moose, thanks for this. Happy holidays. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays. But we're not going every, anywhere, everybody. When we come back, the hour two best of interviews will roll on. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show. Best of 2023 episodes here on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's the RP Show's best of 2023 holiday edition shows. And uh, it's been fantastic. A lot of hockey interviews today. In hour one, we had Ted Nolan and Ryan Huska. Now, you're the lucky ones. Kelly Rudy, he of 677 NHL games, the product of Calgary, Alberta, former Medicine Hat Tiger, and in the NHL, playing goal with the New York Islanders, Los Angeles Kings, and San Jose Sharks. Now the star of Hockey Night in Canada and television color commentator for the Calgary Flames came down to our summer home, Century Downs Casino in Calgary, for this lengthy feature interview. Well, we've only been building it up for a week, so can we bring in our... Next guest here in hour two, the great Kelly Rudy, Hockey Night in Canada, NHL great, joining us here at Century Downs. How you doing, Kelly? I am having a great summer, Rod. I can uh, tell. Yeah, we're so busy. We're uh, doing all sorts of things. And then the weekend's going to turn great being a long weekend. I'm going to go up to Edmonton uh, tomorrow, grab my mom and bring her down for uh, the long weekend. So she awesome. can see uh, us and the grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Good to hear. Good to hear. When would hockey fire up for you again? 
For me, not until uh, October. I'll see you're uh, good. Yeah. The first game of the Flames, I believe, is a Wednesday, and it's at home versus Winnipeg. And then I'll start the trek every single weekend back to Toronto for hockey night. Yeah, because you're, I'm just calling up your hockey DB here. I've got it memorized, but I want to read it <laughs> off to everybody else. <laughs> you, you'll know it more than I do then. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, because, you know, the thing is, as we get a little older. Yes. And you are looking fantastic the older you get. You're going to be like Cherry in that people are only remembering you as a broadcaster, not a player. Oh, I would think most people only know me as a broadcaster, right? Like, it's been a Kids, long time. Kids, what is maybe. it, 24, 25 years since I've retired? Something like that, right? Like, it's been a long, long time. Uh, it's hard to imagine. I remember when I was nearing, like, I played pro hockey for 17 years. I remember when I was nearing that as a broadcaster, and I'm thinking, Seriously, I'm going to be a broadcaster longer than a player because I never envisioned that, right? Nobody yep. does. You know, what did they say? When I first got into broadcasting, somebody told me, if you ever have a 10-year career, it's a miracle. And so, and you know what, right? I, I guess it. it's a miracle. Yeah. Miracles in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this, Kelly, and I just think of you, that medicine hat tiger. Yeah. I mean, just a hockey fan here, right? But you do have a Stanley Cup with the Islanders, correct? Well... I was a, a spare. But you, you get a ring? I now? do not have a ring. As a, as a spare, you don't get a ring. So okay. I was a part of the, I never played, of course. I was one of the spares, but I was, uh, uh, you know, practicing every single day, doing all that whole thing uh, as a spare. And now spares, they get to go on the ice for the celebration. They get to hold yeah. the cup, right? Back then, we didn't. Yeah, it's interesting in this town, the stories. Boy, those flames have milked the most of that 89 cup, haven't they? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> they have to. Yeah, right? exactly. I just Tim Hunter comes and talks about how he wasn't in uniform in the, when the night they won right? in Montreal. And he was right? a healthy scratch, but he was, you know, was able to lift the cup and so forth. But yeah, with Kelly Islanders, Kings, Sharks, and one game with the Phoenix Roadrunners. That was a disaster. So I'll tell you the story. Okay. Okay, so that was my last year at Los Angeles, and Honestly, Rod, the day before the start of training camp, the day before medicals, I blew up my left ankle. I was skating with the guys, and I blew up my ankle. So I show up to uh, the physicals, and of course I don't pass. And uh, I ultimately lost all of training camp in two months of the regular season. So at some point I was nearing, well, I thought I was nearing to come back. And so uh, they said, uh, the management said, why don't you go down to Phoenix and give it a whirl? So I think I played 20 minutes or 40 minutes. I was terrible. I, 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 and then I didn't play again for another month or so, so I knew I wasn't ready. But as one longtime NHL uh, friend told me, it's a formula for failure to go down there. And, and he was exactly right. I, I thought I'd do it just to see, chest my ankle, and it was not good. And the overall Buddy, experiment is horrible. If this isn't, if this is accurate, yeah, it says you allowed five goals in 50 minutes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It was in the like I, said, I wasn't ready. I, <laughs> Clearly, I had another month. To I would have thought you could just stand in the net. And <laughs> well, I'll tell you another thing, Rod. As a goalie, yeah, yeah, to, to play in the minors. If once you're established as an NHL guy, it's hard to go in the minors because, with all due respect to those guys, they're trying their best. They're you know, but positionally they're not quite there yet, and you don't have the trust, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're an NHL goalie and you're playing with NHL defensemen, you trust them in all situations. And so, like you know, they've got backdoor covered. They've got all these other things covered that you don't have to worry about. You only worry about the shooter. In the minors, that's not the case. Buddy, now we're getting into what we should talk about. <laughs> I just hate how they rotate goalies like it's five guys and a goalie. There should be a TV show about that. It's a six-man unit in my mind. Yeah, it is, right? Sure. But, but they, I, I feel like teams don't operate that way. In what sense? I've well, just well, uh, the Leafs rotating gold in their crease. The Flames, until they got Markstrom, was always a different goalie every year. Oh, I feel like I you guys you. all play gotcha. together as a six-man system yeah, yeah, versus yeah. just get in there and stop the puck, which on a lot of teams, that is the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? But don't you think it's a unit? Everybody it is a unit, there? but it, it's hard to discover that unit, right? Like, you've yeah. got to try a lot of different people to find that unit. And yeah. I just... It is very complicated. It's not just so easy just plug guys in because that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about your stints in Florida working yes. this past winter. Uh, a couple I don't, of them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't think people understand 
how important it was for the NHL to be in Florida for high-profile events like the All-Star Game, which I saw you at, and then at the Stanley Cup final, I saw you on your phone in the hall. I didn't want to bother you. Oh, is that but, right? Yeah, but just people, hockey's a bigger deal there now than people think, and it doesn't hurt to have events like that in Sunrise. It's amazing how it sells the game. Now, yeah. listen, I, you know, I mean, when I was in California, we had Wayne Gretzky, so it was a whole lot easier to sell <laughs> the game with Gretzky, but that is sort of like what you're hoping it's going to do. So this Stanley Cup run, the All-Star weekend. By the way, Don and I went down to Key West just before the All-Star weekend. What a beautiful trip that is. Holy. Our favorite place in the world. Is it? Oh, yeah. I love that drive over the uh, the bridges and everything. It was amazing. Bill and, Lindsay has a house there, yeah. Oh, yeah? That's yeah. cool. Uh, you know, and uh, Hemingway, we saw the bar that he used to go Legend. to all the time. Right? Just everything Legend. about it. Anyways, yeah. enough of that. But that's that's my goal for uh, the Florida area. You know, Tampa, they've made such great inroads. And my goal, my hope is, like California, where, you, you know, you start to develop all these young kids, like uh, Dallas and Texas, they've got all these youth programs. Nashville now, most people don't. Uh, realize Nashville they've got a really great uh, uh, youth program look at St. Louis look at all the kids that come out of St. Louis that's my goal for for hockey that it's going to continue to grow it's not just going to be a Canadian game it's wild because obviously the gets last are from Regina close yeah. friends and they're moving to Nashville that's right I said to their dad why Nashville? Yeah. And they said everybody's moving to Everybody Nashville. Everybody is, Yeah, right? but they said just great hockey programs there yes. for Ryan's kids. He's got three boys. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Well, Patty Marlowe, well, now I think he's going to move back to San Jose, but he spent the last year in Parkland, Florida, and because well, a great hockey academy for their kids. So it's, it's really more... Uh, you know, the, the, the youth programs are more than people think. It's massive massive yeah yeah like kevin bex has got a great program in southern cal and uh he loves it he, you know he gets kids from all over for his program i gotta ask you you talked to kevin our sales guy he said yeah. he goes i have one question for kelly he asked like, oh, me already. did he did he yeah, was he it did. about bx yeah of course yeah it was uh, what's it like <laughs> he said what's it like working with kevin bx and if i can preface that i was just doing an event with ryan getzlaff and getz said listen he's great on there but if they ever take the harness off him, he'll be like next level. So are they harnessing BXA? No, we can say whatever we want to say. There's serious? One hundred percent. Okay. It's it's like this show. It's unscripted. We can say whatever we want. Um, you know, you can see on the desk. We all usually take notes, but it's not about what we can say or how far we can go. That's your own personal, you know, right? thing so i kind of wondered how much more he could say because he doesn't really seem to hold back a lot now right but gets that's like oh, oh no he's wild <laughs> i'm like oh okay well he could be i've not seen that even off camera like when yeah. we go for dinner he's you know well here's the normal. thing 17 years you said you've been on the air i mean i've been no on the air for me I'm going into my 25th year that's what it is yeah oh so a broadcaster longer than a player yes well to me You'll always be my Kelly, number 32, as the player. But at the broadcaster, I remember watching when you started, you didn't like to criticize guys. That's and right. you don't have a problem now. Yeah, I don't so what, anymore. What changed? Well, although, you know, I really think about uh, what I'm going to say and how it may impact the player and his family and so on. But if, I, if I'm, you know, if I have a problem with the guy, I'll just say it, you know. But I think it comes from a place of... Uh, a red heart, not a black heart. Like mm -hmm. I, it doesn't come, you know, with hatred or you know anger. It just said, as an example, uh, I got highly criticized a few years ago about talking about a goalie because he he was injured in a manner in which I didn't think he sh should have, and uh, you know I got highly criticized, but I stand by it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the tough part, but you've been in that position. Yeah. So you can say it. I can say it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. i got to ask you this, though. I have the opportunity to watch all the Flames games yes. in this market six yeah. months out of the year, and uh, you were critical of the Flames, and, and for good reason. But that couldn't have been easy. Uh, it's, not, it, it's very difficult yeah. to do that. And as you know, uh, if you watch most Flames games, when they're scored on, I usually compliment the other team for what they've yeah. done. And I don't 
you know, I, I could easily point out all the mistakes, but I choose not to go down that road. I choose to be a different kind of broadcaster, and I'm very complimentary towards both teams. Um, and it is a difficult position when you are on the team charter. You know, you're doing things around the guys. You're in the dressing room uh, around them. And so I've chosen a different path as a broadcaster. Now, Saturdays are completely different. On yep. Hockey Night in Canada, it's a different Different seat. hat. It's yeah. a different hat. I have a different feel. Um, I feel as though I have more range. I can say more of what I want to, whereas I'm, I'm a partner with the Flames when I'm doing their games. Yeah, well... The interesting thing about that is I don't think the rest of the country realizes that you are on all those Flames games. So, again, I really enjoy it. And um, so with Ryan Huska, I'm shocked that the fans don't know who he is. I'm like, he's been with the organization since 2014. How do you not know who Ryan Huska is? But they're just focused on Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. And before that, Bill Peters and blah, 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 blah. But they don't know Ryan. You would. I do. Yeah. Uh, So what do they need to know about him? uh, Well, that... He comes across, I think if you've listened to the post-game radio show on the Fan 960, he comes across as really nice and soft-spoken, but beneath that surface, there's a, a real fire in there, and he won't be afraid to tell the players what they need to hear. So I think that's really important when you make that change from an assistant coach to a head coach can be difficult for some guys. You have to make sure that the players understand that you are in charge. They also need to know that you're human. Especially now. And he's got a sense of humor that I didn't know that he had. Right? Well, you know, it's not as though I'm around the assistant coaches or the coaching staff on the road, but I bump into them all the time. And so I I know them a little bit. I wouldn't say that uh, uh, Kirk Muller was a guy that I've known more. Now he's moved on, but he was a guy that uh, uh, I knew more of. Jason LaBarbera I know a little bit. Be happy that he was back? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. He's... He's really good. Um, I think you're going to see an entirely different Flames team, of course, because of the big change it made behind the bench. Massive. Yeah. Well, they know Craig Conroy or feel they know Craig Conroy because he played here for so long. I don't know if he's the same guy in the office as he is on the ice, but if he is, they're in good shape. Yeah, they're in really good shape. I've known Craig and uh, visited with him many, many times, and he's... uh, deep knowledge of the game yeah. for sure so i always do this when we have the big guests i hog all the questions so we have a couple <laughs> minutes left in this segment and then next segment we'll take the uh, audience's questions if you're cool with that love it but two things before we break is you mentioned how cold fla live arena is <laughs> would you they mind? all are well you know yeah. as most people don't know this because when we do on cameras rick and i do our on cameras uh you know a suit jacket and tie i carry an overcoat every single rink with me so i'm all bundled up most general managers uh have like an overcoat in all the arenas because every arena is freezing cold la might be the coldest is that right yeah but in your era you remember the bad ice and the uh, fog on the ice we don't have that anymore and the fans would be in t-shirts and so on like the, the buildings back then were made for the fans and their comfort level, not the players. And so, yeah, I wish I would have played on the ice that these guys have. Uh, I actually think Arizona's colder. The old place, not the shoebox right. they're in now. Did you get in that rink this I year? I did. What? Very cool experience. Is it? Yeah, it's so cool. You're one of the few guys that doesn't laugh at it, that it's a junior rink. Well, it is. But, you know, you have to embrace the experience, whatever it is, right? And yes. so uh, Rick Ball and I had a heck of a time. He forewarned me because he had done a game with uh, Greg Millen in that mullet arena prior to my coming there. And uh, it was very cool. One of my memorable experiences from the past season. That's good. But others have said it's fun, but they don't want to be there long term. Of course not. Yeah. Right. Right. Kelly Rudy, good enough to join us here at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless, or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain? It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, 
and DM me or email petersonrecovery at AOL.com. It's never too late. Then you got to love your good old hockey friends. Kelly Rudy uh, has been a friend of ours for a long, long time. It's not easy to get these NHL stars to come down on location. But you know what? If anybody does it, it's hockey, guys. And Kelly Rudy did it with us. Here's the second half of our best of interview with Kelly Rudy at Century Downs Casino in Calgary. Kelly Rudy joining us here from Hockey Night in Canada, NHL great. And before we do turn it over to the audience, Kelly, uh, if I may, you mentioned uh, California hockey players producing them. Now Florida. Have you looked at a Western Hockey League roster lately? There's usually one or two kids from California. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Rod, you might, may not know this, but for years I was a part owner of the Nanaimo Clippers in BCHL. I don't and, think I knew uh, that. Pardon me? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, and so we were allowed eight imports, and a lot of years our imports would be like six of them, seven of them would be from California. That's how good they're. And they're, they're good. All, very good. Very talented. Like, their skill level is crazy. So do you feel a little bit um, of pride with oh, that? Oh, 100%. You should. Oh, yeah. you know, so the first time the Kings won the Cup in 2012, a lot of us guys that played there in the early uh, 90s, we were texting each other about how this how it's impacted the game uh, and how California they really understand the game we were very proud of the fact that to of course with Wayne we we're able to grow the game in California because I'm going to be off on the numbers rod but when early on when I played there I think I only knew of three hockey arenas in Southern Cal LA had two there's a great western forum the Culver City ice rink and then there's one in San Diego because San Diego has a long rich hockey history which some people wouldn't know of and then all of a sudden with Wayne just exploded and I'm going to say like 10 years ago I counted 50 some arenas in that same area so it's that's amazing and Luke Robitaille he and his partners built uh, an arena just north of Los Angeles that used to be our practice rink for a while until they have that beautiful uh, practice facility in El Segundo. I don't know if you've ever been there, but that's no, amazing. But that's has. where the Kings practice now. It's well, beautiful. Well, and it's coming in South Florida, as you saw. I, I don't know how much yeah. you learned when you were down there, but, um, you know, Billy Lindsay's a good friend, and yeah, we talked about sure. the fact that 30 years ago, there was 2,500 kids playing hockey in Florida. Yeah. Now there's 25,000. That's amazing. That's what you that's want. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. So here we go, as promised, turning it over to the streets, to the audience. Jayla in Calgary and also John have written in the same question. They say, we're curious on Kelly's take on the state of the flames. Can Craig Conroy fix it? That's from Jayla and John says, what does Kelly think the flames need to do to get back into contention? Well, Jayla and John, yes, they are in good hands and they will uh, definitely be a much improved team. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, dump all over Daryl Sutter, but if the majority of the players don't like the coach, uh, to the extent that they did, they had no chance of winning. So now that they have uh, a new coach and uh, they'll have more respect for him, because two years ago they were a great team. I have no reason to believe that they won't be a, a very good team again. I started something. We'd be here all day answering these questions <laughs> from everybody, which I know you're good with. We got Kelly for one more segment. Uh, Oleg in Winnipeg says, can you ask Kelly how much a good goalie coach can improve a goalie's performance. Okay, so there's a technical side, which is very important, but I think more so than anything, mental. it's the mental side because it's such a difficult position, as you know, Rod. And there'll, there'll be those nights, and I'm. it's kind of cool for me as a former goalie to witness it on the Flames charter after. So the players get on, they, you know, they're well-fed, and usually before the team takes off, the goalie that played that night will go right up to Jason LaBarbera or Jordan Sigalette when he was a goalie coach and they'll have a real extensive discussion about the game and they'll either go through video or it'll just be a conversation. So to answer that question, Oleg, it's extremely important and it's that rapport that you have and that trust. You know, I, I was very fortunate. I had some good mentors in my day as well. In particular, Cap Raider, when I had him in Los Angeles, he is, his official title was assistant coach, but he was also a former WHA goaltender. And so I leaned on Cap for advice a ton. But 
my favorite Kelly Rudy story of them all. Okay. Is Tony Robbins. Forget oh. about Cap Raider. Yeah, Tony, Tony Robbins. And you know who's a regular on this show is Ron Dugay. Okay, cool. So Dugs talked about playing with you and all yeah. the stars coming through the yeah, room. Yeah, for sure. He said Stallone, crazy. Tony Robbins. Everybody. Obviously John Tom Candy. Hanks, everybody. Yeah. Right? Is that distracting? It was not distracting. It was odd at the, <laughs> at the beginning because I wasn't used to it. And then, you know, basically when they're around all the time. We had a team photographer uh, after every game taking pictures of ourselves with the big stars. I, I have a, a folder in my house in my office. I don't know, it must be this thick with pictures of all the celebrities that came through over the years. It's so cool uh, to go through it and look. And um, But Tony Robbins was a great help for me. So you do know about some of my mental health challenges. Mm -hmm. I experienced something at that point and Barry Melrose recognized I needed help, not physically, but mentally. And so he uh, put me in contact with Tony Robbins and I worked one-on-one -on -one with Tony for I don't know, a few months, and it was a game changer. For I me. can't get enough of that story because who, yeah. who would think that? Right? If people realize that the concepts of sports and life are so similar and parallel. Very similar. Right. It, it was what I thought about myself. That's what Tony got, you know, out of me. And he asked me the very, that very specific question. And uh, so it was, it was uh, really cool. Do you keep in touch with Melrose? I do. Yeah. How's he doing? He's doing okay. Yeah, Barry, uh, he chose, this is the first year he chose not to come to the final. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I have mad respect for Barry. Um, you know, one of my favorite people that I've ever met in the game. Kelvington Sask. Yes, that's right. Another Medicine Hat Tiger there guy, go, too. Right? Yeah, oh, you can't forget that stuff. Ryan in Saratoga, New York, wants to know your thoughts. Here, cool. question for Mr. Rudy. What was his impression of the New Jersey Devils this season, and do they have the potential to go further this season? Yes, they do, Ryan. Man, that is a fun team to watch, right? Like, high skill. Uh, I played with their general manager, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, in uh, New York, and he's a really intelligent guy. He really understands uh, how the game is changing in terms of skill level, and uh, that, that's a great team to watch. I covered him a couple times this season. From an account called The Bar Flies in Winnipeg says, are the days of the impartial commentator gone? You and I know what he means. Um, uh, the guy that calls it like it is, are they gone? I don't know. I, well, I hesitate. I, you know, I said before in our earlier segment, we can say whatever we want on the air, right? We, we don't have any uh, harness or, you know, no rules what we can or can't say. But I think there has to be a, uh, an internal uh, gauge where you go, do I want to say this or do I want to stay away from it, right? Like, we can say anything we want, but then it's going to be a firestorm on social media and do you want that? Or do you need that in your life? So that, that's my answer well, to that. And that's my point is maybe your bosses don't tell you what to say, but you know yourself, if you tick off a GM or a player, you're going to know it by the time you leave the studio. Oh, okay, but right, but that that's always been the case. Like when, even when I started in Hockey Night uh, in 1998, if I said something that offended a coach or a GM, they'd call me right away. Or if I was in the building, you know, I, I had many general managers try and track me down in a building and, and get mad at me, of, of course which is ridiculous because I'm going to stand up for myself. Yeah. If I said it, I'd believe it. Good for you. Absolutely. Right? Same thing. I had a coach, so one time, I will, he'll go nameless, but he, he, he refused to work on the power play. So I'm watching a Thursday night game, his team's at home, and uh, they go 0 for 6 or 7 or something on the power play. So immediately after the game, I... I call our travel person. I change my flight to this city to go earlier in the day so I can get to this, uh, the team's practice. Team practices, no power play work. So I changed my game plan for Saturday night. So I think, okay, my opening has to be this coach refuses to work on their power play and it's costing them games. So I said that. So the coach gets mad at me and refuses uh, our guest for the intermission. So, and then he goes, he, he sends a note through the PR guy. I want to meet Kelly after the game in my office. So I go in there and he, he lists off a number of things why he disagrees with what I said. Do you think that's going to intimidate me? The entire third period, I wrote about 
20 notes down why I thought that he was costing his team points or games. And so I remember when I turned it around on him, he was like, okay, I didn't expect that. Is he still coaching? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best ones don't worry about that stuff, right? They As don't you worry know. about what I say. No, Why the best ones you? don't. Why would you? Uh, Ryan says, by the way, I remember Kelly Rudy wearing one of the most unique masks of the era as an L.A. king. The Hollywood mask, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, that was so cool. And that design originated in our kitchen here in Calgary. So when Don Strauss was the mask maker, and when we were coming up with the concept, because we wanted something really cool, a really uh, amazing paint job that would stand out to people. So I immediately talked, uh, we had, I had a business advisor in the kitchen at the time, and we were talking with my family about what mask really stands out to me. And Mike Richter's uh, Statue of Liberty mask, to me, was the coolest in the NHL, because it was, you knew what it was, mm-hmm. and you identified the city of New York with the Statue of Liberty, and it was so simple, the artwork was so simple. So I thought, well, quickly, well, what's the most recognizable thing when you go to Los Angeles? The Hollywood sign. So Don Strauss knocked it out of the park. It's one of the, I think, the most iconic masks in the history of the game. Why did you like the goalie nerd out here? Why did you love the Jofa helmet so much? And mass combo. Okay, so I was kind of forced to go to that. I didn't, I didn't like it as much as people think. Um, the reason I went, first of all, I wore the the molded mask in junior, like all of us, right? Yeah. And then Bernie Perrant, my idol, uh, lost his. He's career. your idol. He is my idol. He and lives in Bernie, Boca. Yeah, Bernie lost <laughs> his career because he got a stick in the eye, right? Yeah. So I immediately changed. I went to a, a helmet uh, cage, uh, and that's all they offered me back then the jofa and so i stuck with it and i tried other masks and i don't know if you remember this but glenn healy he wore a different style helmet and and the cage sk2000 okay i wasn't (laughs) going to say the brand but uh, they had two screws right here and glenn one time got a puck to the forehead and those screws dug right in and cut them for a bunch of stitches so i didn't want to wear that helmet (laughs) yeah well we can I don't even know if they're still in business anymore. I don't know. But uh, my mind's jumping all over the place right now. I like it. Well, goalies are getting concussions. I'm dealing with them physically and mental health right now from slap shots in practice. Gotcha. Right? Right. Because I'm talking to coaches saying, can you have the guys keep their shots down? It's practice for the love of God. Well, it's more difficult now, Rod, because (laughs) they go on their knees every uh, shot, right? Still. So it's a little bit more difficult. But the shots are harder and... Yes, they are much harder. Something's got to happen. Everything, yeah. Yeah. Save goalies. There needs to be a... <laughs> so save the whales, save goalies. Um, John in uh, Winnipeg. John Ohm. That's the third call from Winnipeg. I, it's our number one city for viewership. Oh, really? Don't tell anybody. Okay, As we like sit here in Calgary. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it too. But uh, yeah, we're very big in Winnipeg, believe it or not. And John wants to know if you think Rick Bonus can be the one to eventually get it done for the Jets. Well, I'm biased, and I'm going to answer yes, uh, because I'm a big fan of Rick. I've known him for jeepers. I don't know how many years, 30 years, 30-some years. Uh, our first, our relationship first sort of took off a little bit uh, when we were both in the minors. I think he was playing in Tulsa at the time, and I was playing in Indianapolis. And after one of those games, somehow both teams found each other in the same bar. And so he was a big goal scorer at the time. And so our sort of friendship sort of took off from there. And every single time I see him wherever we are, uh, we have a good chat. I, I think the world of Rick, I know it was a difficult season for them last year and how it ended. And uh, some of the comments he made and some of the players didn't like that approach, but uh, I, I love him. Yeah, everybody does that knows yeah. him, right? Everybody loves him, yeah. I guess my last point where my mind was going, and then I'll let you go here. Uh, a lot of folks would like to see you, but you have very strong thoughts on the cat's eye mask. Yes, I do. Like very strong thoughts. Yeah, I wouldn't wear that mask, not, not at all. And I know a lot of guys do. The first thing I would do, the first thing I'd test if I were a goaltender thinking of going that, can a puck go through at some angle? Or a butt end. Or a butt end or a stick, the, like yeah. the blade. And it happened, what, it was during the pandemic, and I can't remember which goalie, but the his own player's, the blade of a stick went through and cut him, and he missed a bunch of games. So, man, that's a dangerous mask to wear. 
And I, I was shocked that at the World Juniors, they're still wearing them. I kind of get the NHL. You can kind of wear whatever you want you there. You can wear but, whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, but, but the World Jays, right? I was a little surprised. Right? Yeah. When we're trying to protect kids, right? Yeah. Kelly, this goes by so fast. I really appreciate you My coming pleasure. down. My pleasure. We're golfing you, today. Don and I are golfing today. Say, hey, is she here? No, she's uh, she's doing her own thing this morning. And then tomorrow I'm uh, going to go pick up my mom and have her back right. home. Okay, so well, you have awesome. a great long weekend. I, I really uh, appreciate you, you coming too. down, man. Uh, thanks for great. the invite. Kelly Rudy joining us here at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. All right, everybody, welcome back to what we call the overtime session of the RP show and our best ofs. And even though it's the Christmas holidays, we're brought to you in overtime by Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary. I'm going to tell you again, I cannot thank the Calgary hockey community enough for opening their arms to us for now uh, going on to year three. And today was a great example with Kelly Rudy of Hockey Night in Canada and Flames head coach Ryan Huska being part of our best of interviews. They both joined us at Century Downs Casino in Calgary. A wrap on today's best of. In hour one, we did our top five NHL stories of the year. In hour two, our top five CFL stories of the year. And this is what they are for the CFL. Number five story of the year. Cody Fajardo signing with the Montreal Alouettes on the first day of free agency. The number four story, Nathan Rourke, the CFL's most outstanding Canadian in the 2022 season, signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was on January 16th. Nathan, by the way, was not the MVP of the CFL season in 2022. That honor went to Zach Caleros. Nathan named the top Canadian went to the NFL, and despite a spectacular preseason showing with the Jaguars, has yet to see the field in the regular season. Don't look at me. Number three, the Edmonton Elks um, setting and then snapping a pro football, pro sports record across North America for home losing streak at 22 games. It finally ended in August with a 30-20 home win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. The number two story in the CFL was the only coaching change in this offseason. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders firing Craig Dickinson just a couple of days after their season ended. That's the number two story. And the number one story is in the Canadian Football League, the Montreal Alouettes winning the 110th Grey Cup, upsetting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 28-24 at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. I couldn't believe it as it was going on. Thank you, thank you to the CFL and CFL Plus streaming for the wonderful feed. Able to watch it here in South Florida. And kudos to our good man, Cody Fajardo, who, by the way, is coming up in our Friday edition of our best of. So join us for that, everybody. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. And we'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, here on the RP Show. McFly, hello!